Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Well, last, uh, last weekend, I had the privilege of uh, preaching at Mount Gambier uh, Baptist Church. Uh, Ellie and I, uh, we, we end up going to see Ellie's granddad, who's in Ballarat, who's, who's not well. And so we went to see, uh, went to see him, and then we, we went from there down uh, to, uh, to Mount Gambier and had a wonderful opportunity to speak to the church there, and it was, it was wonderful. And they send their, their greetings uh, back, uh, back here, and uh, Cam and Jenny uh, Buchanan, uh, the pastors down there, and they're yeah, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic people. And I'd never, uh, never been to Mount Gambier before. How's that? I'd been all sorts, so I know I had to admit that standing up there on platform that I hadn't been to Mount Gambier before. I've been all sorts of other places, and uh, but I hadn't been there. So we had a chance to go around and have a bit of a, a look, and uh, went to the Blue Lake, and that was spectacular. Although it was more like the Grey Lake, uh, I think I've got to go in summer. Uh, and uh, but that was great. But I went to the Umphiston uh, sinkhole. Who's been there? I'll tell you what. This place was surprisingly beautiful. I I hadn't I hadn't been there before. And just standing at the top and uh, and looking down, it was spectacular. So it's an old limestone. Uh, uh, mine that had collapsed and then over time that uh, it's been built into and made into a, um, a garden and just the vines and the, the sheer size of it is, um, it is lovely and so I was standing, uh, looking down and standing in there and I actually just got this sense of beauty. Uh, this is a, a beautiful, a beautiful place and, uh, and I've been to many beautiful places and I'm sure you have too. And so I wonder when you think about uh, when was maybe a time where you were captivated by beauty, a time where you were captivated by, by something that just kind of made your, your heart beat a, a, little, a little faster. Maybe it was in nature, something like this, or perhaps for you it might have been in art or it might have been in a great recipe or a newborn baby or an act of kindness. But when was it where your heart, there was something that just evoked emotions, powerful emotions that captivated uh, the longings of your heart? You see, and I'm sure as I asked that, it didn't take you long to think of something because we're all hardwired for beauty. We're all hardwired for beauty. There's the human heart longs for beauty. It is a universal human longing that runs deep within us all. And this is whether one believes in God or one doesn't. There's this longing in us all to see and experience beauty. You know, we, we know this when we see a sunset and it's beautiful and everybody comes out and just looks at it and then posts it on Instagram. And it, we, we, we're sad when it just kind of goes down over the, over the horizon. We, we know that there is something captivating about beauty. N.T. Wright, he says this, he says, Beauty is a pointer to the strange, gently demanding presence of the living God in the midst of this world. However, as we know, and as we've been seeing in this series, like justice, like spirituality and love, beauty is a broken signpost, 
As much as beauty stirs our deeper longings, it never seems to satisfy that sunset that is so beautiful it ultimately fades away. And so we look around too and we see that beauty is often defaced. We see that beauty is often damaged. And of course that beauty is so fleeting. And so for all of the beauty that this world has to offer, we're also reminded of its ugliness, aren't we? We're reminded of its sin. We're reminded of its brokenness in so many ways. We're reminded daily when we see beauty broken that this world is not as it is meant to be, that there is something more. Things aren't as they should be. And so when it comes to trying to make sense of this tension between what we long for, the beauty we long for, yet the, the brokenness that we actually see in this world, there are many people that would try to explain how all of that works. But I believe that Christianity into those spaces has a compelling and a relevant explanation uh, and we want to look at that today. That's what I want to have a look at today. And, because as, and as we look at this today, we want to, as we've done every week, is just acknowledge that this series uh, is one that has, uh, is based on and the framework for each message comes from uh, N.T. Wright's book, Broken Signposts, How Christianity Makes Sense of the World. And so, but let's have a look at how uh, Christianity actually provides a compelling and relevant explanation for the tension of the beauty that we see. So if you turn to Genesis 1, and you can do it if you've got your Bibles or it's going to be on the screens as well, but let's have a look at how the Christian narrative actually begins. The Christian scriptures reveal that out of love and out of nothing, God created the heavens and the earth and it was good. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was hovering over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So out of nothing, out of something formless, empty and dark, God creates with beauty. It begins with God creating the beautiful expanse of the sky and the cosmos. And we go on into verse 31, and we see God saw all that he had made, and it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. So the Christian story begins with God creating beauty. The majesty of the mountains, the abundance of the gardens, the, the delight of, of rivers and waterways. And of course the creation of humanity, of you and I in God's own image. All imagined and all infused with beauty that reflects the Creator. Isn't that an amazing thought, that you and I are actually infused with beauty that reflects the Creator? That's an incredible thought, that you and I are created in the very image of God. Now, this is in contrast to the many of the Babylonian creation accounts at the time. Take the Enuma Elish, for instance, which is just one of them. Within the Enuma Elish creation account, uh, creation happens after a, a battle between two gods, Tiamat and Marduk. The male god kills the female god and then tears her body apart and uses half of her to create the heavens and the other half to create the earth. The, the driving engine or the driving narrative of those creation accounts are, an, are violence, carnage and destruction. 
Whereas the driving narrative, the driving engine of the Christian narrative is an overflowing abundance of love, joy, beauty and creativity. And as Esther shared with us this morning, I don't even need to get up here and preach because she's basically just nailed about three of my key points. But the psalmist tells us that creation was created to declare the glory of God. And have a look at the psalm we looked at earlier. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. This word glory, it's a word found everywhere throughout the Bible and it actually speaks of the weighty and the stunningly beautiful presence of God. That's what it means to say glory. It's the weighty and stunningly beautiful presence of God. Glory and beauty are actually more or less two of the, two of the same uh, words. What is glorious is beautiful. What is beautiful is glorious. And so the beauty that you see in creation is a constant pointer to the glory of God and a pointer to the presence of God in this world. That's why we long for it so much. That's why it stirs such deep and awakens such deep emotions within us. Secondly, the story of Christianity reveals that God is a God who is beautiful himself. He is beauty himself. It's not just that he created beauty, but that he himself is beauty. According to human opinion, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like you might find something beautiful and, and I might not find that uh, piece of art uh, beautiful. But not when it comes to God. When it comes to God, beauty runs much deeper than what he creates. It is who he is to the core. It is a culmination of his goodness, of justice, his mercy, his love and his truthfulness. It's, it's, beauty is not often an aspect of God that we, that we consider uh, all that often. But take a look at what Psalm 50 verse 2 says. It says, from Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Perfect in beauty, God shines forth. And I think Jonathan Edwards describes beauty better than most when he says this, All the beauty to be found throughout the whole creation is but the reflection of the diffused beams of that being who has an infinite fullness of brightness and glory. God is the fountain and the foundation of all being and all beauty. God is the foundation and the fountain of all being and all beauty. And in Psalm 27.4, of course, we see that David the psalmist, he longed for the beauty of God as his greatest desire. Nothing was more important to him than the beauty of God. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and what? And to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. 
And so God is beauty and created the heavens and the earth to reflect his glory and to reflect his beauty. And despite the defacing of beauty that we see in the world, the moments of beauty that we see in nature, they point us to the presence of God and ultimately the person of Jesus. You see, the most significant reflection of God's glory and beauty is not creation. As beautiful as that is, it is not creation. It is, as Esther shared this morning, it is the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus is the glory of God. See, the beauty of the Christian message is that into the ugliness, into the brokenness, into the the mess and the fracturing of this world comes God himself comes God himself. And no other religion, no other religion wants to dare say that God came in the form of humanity, came as a human to dwell and to live among us. Look at what John 1.14 says. It says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Jesus, and in Jesus God became a flesh and blood human being and he made his home among us. Fully God, fully man, Jesus reveals to us the glory and the beauty of God. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, he says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You see, our human longing for beauty is a signpost, a God-given signpost that is designed to lead us to the beauty and the presence of God in and through Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate reflection of God's glory and beauty. Jesus is actually the one that your heart, your friend's heart, the people that you live, work, laugh and play with, that their hearts actually long for. And this is something that sometimes we we might forget. It's something that we might not feel is actually true when we hear a whole lot of other narrative around us today. But Jesus is the one that our hearts were actually created for. He is the beauty that our hearts actually ultimately are longing for. He is the beautiful one. Number four, at the cross of Jesus, we see the beautiful act of God that brought our redemption. The the, the cross, we, we need to remember, the cross was a killing machine. It was a killing machine. So how can it be seen and regarded as something beautiful? Well, it's because at the cross we see the ultimate expression of love. At the cross we find a God doing what no other God had ever dreamed of doing, coming to a place of human failure, ugliness and brokenness, meeting us there and taking all of the ugliness, all of the sin, all of the mess onto himself and voluntarily giving his life as a ransom for you and I. That is why the cross is a beautiful picture. 
Jesus himself, though, it's important we remember, Jesus himself might not have been beautiful. You know, we see pictures, don't we, of, of a beautiful blonde-haired Jesus, you know, with lovely white skin, you know. And, but we're told, actually, in Scripture that Jesus himself actually wasn't something beautiful. Have a look at what it says in Isaiah 53. It says, He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Goes on and says, But surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. This is why the cross, something that we might not think of as something beautiful, is actually beautiful. Because the saviour of the world laid down his life so that you and I could have life anew. And so we're going to come. We're just going to take just a moment, just a pause. And we're going to take communion. And so if you've got your communion emblems with you, just peel off the, the plastic and at home, whatever you're using at home. Let's take communion now. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's come and just in your own time, let's take the bread. just where you are, just thank him. Just thank him for the beauty of the cross. Just thank him that he's that on the cross he took all your ugliness brokenness sin mess fracturing he took it on himself he died the death that we deserve to die but he did it to make something beautiful out of us Paul goes on and says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
So let us drink together to the beauty of the cross. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you are the ultimate revelation of the beauty and the glory of God. And we thank you that you went voluntarily to the cross for our ugliness, for our brokenness, for our sin. And we are forever grateful and forever indebted to your love for us. take a moment just to say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord but of course the the beauty doesn't just stop at the cross. The hope of the Christian narrative, though, is that Jesus didn't remain dead. There's the beauty of the resurrection, that Jesus went through death and out the other side again. And through that, that Jesus restored all things, including all the beauty that is marred by sin and death. Have a look at John chapter 11. I want to just quickly look at the story of Jesus and Lazarus. This is, of course, a, a story that Jesus uses and it, it points to his own resurrection. But I want to have a look at it. Uh, I want to have a look at it here. In John 11, we read that Lazarus had died and by the time Jesus had come, he had already been dead for, for four days and there was all sorts of questions going on in Martha and Mary's heart. Lazarus' sister Mary was most concerned and shamed about the stench of death from Lazarus' body. And the others who were gathered around the tomb doubted that anything of beauty could emerge from the scene of a gravesite. But look what happens when Jesus turns up. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid at the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is an amazing story. This is an amazing story. Picture. Here we see the glory of God at work when new life emerges from death, when beauty 
emerges from death. Here we see Jesus turning shame into glory. Here we see him turning, making beauty for ashes. Here he turns mourning to dancing. And he turns the aroma of death into the fragrance of life. Church, the Christian message is that Jesus can make something beautiful even out of death. Jesus can make something beautiful even out of death. You see, the beauty of the gospel isn't that Jesus just makes your life or mine or your friend's life just a little bit better or a little bit more comfortable. No, that's not the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus can take cold, dead, ugly, decomposing hearts and lives and they can be given beautiful new life again because of the power of God. That is the beauty of the gospel. That is the truth and the power that I want us to understand deep within our hearts and lives. And nothing amplifies the gospel more than this. And this is the beauty of a transformed life, of a transformed heart that our world actually longs to see and to know. And so the good news for some of us who are here today, or for all of us actually who are here today or online, if there's things that are in your life or things that are in your world now or within your family and you can't see a way through, it feels cold, it feels dead, things feel like they're decomposing, you can know that with the power of God at work that things can be different, that God can make something and take something beautiful out of that life. Even if you think it's dead, Jesus can do something more with it because he is the beautiful one and the power of the gospel can take dead things and bring them to life again. And because of Jesus' resurrection, you and I, we look forward to the hope of Jesus returning and making a new heaven and a new earth, one where ultimately beauty will never fade away. Have a look at Revelation 21, 1 to 2, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And here we see the beauty that is to come. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That is what we are looking forward to. And he goes on and he says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So that is the beauty that as God's people we get to look forward to. And until we experience the beauty of the new heavens and the earth, what do we do in this time? Do we just sit on our hands and, and wait and do nothing? Well, no. Our role, our job as followers of Jesus is to both announce the beauty of the gospel and to create and reflect beauty to those that we live, work, laugh and play with. 
we are called to announce it and to reflect it. Have a look in Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 15. We read this. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Who would have thought that feet could be beautiful? Well, they are as we bring good news to a world that needs to hear the good news of the gospel. And by reflecting and creating beauty, we are participating in the mission of God. Brazilian theologian Ruben Elves, he said this, he said, human beings are moved by beauty. If we want to change the world, we need, first of all, to be able to make people dream about beauty. The church has totally forgotten this. We are a bit uneasy with beauty, but beauty can change the world. Where is it that you can participate in reflecting and creating beauty? And I love what Gavin Ortland says. He says this, If we commend only the truth of Christianity and neglect the appeal to beauty and goodness, we are actually not hitting the central animating concerns of our culture. We must not only speak to the truth of the Christian story, but also to its beauty. You see, the beauty we see in nature, art, poetry and people appeals to every human heart. If people get a glimpse of it and are responsive to it, it will move them towards Jesus and his desires for them. I wonder today, how can you reflect the glory and the beauty of God? This week, what will you do to reflect and to create beauty that reflects the beauty of God? What about maybe just what about in your place of work? Let me just share one, one final thing. What if you had a vision for your workplace, your industry, that was much more than just to make money, but instead it was to see brokenness bent towards beauty? How could that change your work environment? John Tyson, he says, he says this, Our work is where we get to join God in the renewal of all things. You are in an industry, not just for a paycheck, but to bend the world from brokenness towards beauty. Where is it? In your workplace, in your family, in your sporting club, in your school, where you can be part of bending the world from brokenness towards beauty. Let's stand. Because what I want to do is just take a moment just to just to stop and just to have a time for us just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. David said, he said, the one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So in these last just few moments that we have, I want us just to have a time and a space for us just to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, just to be reminded again of his goodness, of his justice, of his righteousness, of his trustworthiness, of his love for us. So right where you are, why don't we just take a moment to, to close our eyes if that's what's helpful for you and if you're at home, 
join us in this. And why don't you just think and gaze upon the beauty of God. What character do you see in God that that stirs your heart? Just take some time to, to dwell and think on that. Is it his mercy? Is it his love? His grace? His, his forgiveness? So Spirit of God, I pray right now that you would speak to, to each of us to remind us afresh and again of of the beauty and the glory of God. Lord, would you show us your glory, I pray. Reveal your glory, reveal your beauty. Lord, there could be times when we look around our world and even in our own hearts and we're just aware of the ugliness Lord, I pray now, in just in this moment, that you would give us a fresh glimpse of the beauty and the glory of God. Why don't we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your beauty. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that for each of us here, that you would help us to just to drop something into our spirit today and this week of how we can be part of creating, curating beauty in this world so that people can not just know the truth of the gospel, but they can see the beauty of it, I pray. The Spirit of God, stir fresh imaginations in people. May we not leave here today unchanged. May we be changed by the beauty of God. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's come together and let's just lift up the name of Jesus and let's just give him all, all praise and all glory today, the beautiful one who our hearts long for. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.